Thank you so much for listening to that one thing. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps to get my little podcast into the universe and I'll be forever grateful. Hello, hello, and welcome to The One Thing, a podcast where I talk to fabulous females about the one thing that made them step out of their comfort zone and change their life for the better. Because it's only by taking brave steps that we truly grow as a person. I'm your host, mum, social media manager, and general soul searcher, Vanessa Carlos. And every week, I'll be introducing a small biz owner, a blogger, or a creative to discuss their one thing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to That One Thing. Um, This week we have a very different feel because I'm not interviewing anybody and um, it's actually going to be my one thing and my story. Uh, So it all kind of started actually when um, I was talking to one of my listeners and she said to me, will you interview all these different women about their business stories or their life stories and that one thing that moved them out of their comfort zone and changed their life for the better but we don't know anything about you (laughs) and about your story and it kind of got me thinking okay maybe I need to tell my story should I have someone interview me and then I thought you know what no let me just wax lyrical for maybe half an hour I promise you it'll only be half an hour this one will be short I promise and um yeah, let's see where I go. Um, so yeah, I'm going to tell you my story first. Then I'm going to have um, some tips for you. You know, I always have my one thing at the end. Um, but I'll kind of expand that, I think, today. And um, yeah, let's see where we go. Yeah, so for starters, I hope that um, the sound is okay. (laughs) I'm in my front room. Um, There's the traffic blaring outside, unfortunately, as it always is for some reason at the moment, even though it is 11 o'clock in the morning on a lovely, beautiful, sunny Friday. And um, I've just kind of had this chance to do it, because for one thing, Everyone is out of the house, and I don't think I've had everyone out of the house for a good few hours in at least three months. So um, this is a blessing, and so I can sit down and talk to you. We could have an interruption from Ted the dog, who is sitting next to me, who looks like he's asleep, but as anyone will tell you, has a dog they're not sleeping very long and he might bark so we may have an interruption so I apologize for that um but yeah shall I get on with it um 
my one thing, yeah? to my one thing I need to go back nearly seven years ago now and I was working in Knightsbridge on Sloan Street um, a little bit about my background I uh, have been a retail manager for the majority of of my of my 20s and kind of early 30s into kind of late 30s, um, a luxury retail manager. And um, so I was on Sloan Street. I was working very long hours. I had an extremely long commute, which I think a lot of my listeners will relate to, um, that you have a job in your 20s and then it kind of doesn't fit with your life anymore. I have two girls And at that point, they were pretty young. I'd say my oldest was around five and my youngest was very young. She was like two, one or two. And um, I mean, I had my parents and I had Nigel's parents, my husband's parents too, to look after them. And we had a pretty good routine. But you know, I kept back and, and they'd be ready for bed or, or they were just sad because they'd miss me all day and I wasn't able to pick them up from school. And it was just getting to that point where I was like, you know what, how long can I keep this up for? Um, the money is comfortable. I enjoyed my job and I had lots of lovely clients and I got to meet celebrities and I had quite a glamorous life. Um, but there was just that, that one thing, there you go, that, that was making me think I cannot sustain this forever. And so one day I was at work and very naughtily, I was downstairs in the office very naughtily I wasn't working I decided to google um remote working for mums I think it was something like that it was something along those lines anyway and up came in a google search a course for mothers to get them to be um to train them up to be social media managers And that kind of appealed to me because from a very early, I was like a very, very early adopter of Instagram back in the day. And I kind of used that as, as, um, as like a social place where I could meet other mothers who were in a similar situation to me with tiny ones. And, um, And I thought to myself, wow, I could work on Instagram and Facebook. This would be great. Yes, this sounds exactly like the kind of thing I wanted to do. So I saved up all my money and 
at one point they said that they weren't ready for me yet. And I remember, because it'd be very, very early days um, of um, at the company that I wanted to um, learn with, and they weren't ready for me yet. And that made me want it more. You know, whenever there's a scarcity thing, you always want something more, don't you? So I had to wait. And I thought, okay, I can wait. I'm all ready for you now. And then when they were finally ready, I think it must have been about four months later, I was biting. I was chomping at the bit to learn a new um, skill. And it took how many months? Um, It took a while to train up. I think it was a good six months training. I met some amazing women online who were all doing the same course as me. And at the end of it, I was ready. I was ready to, to, to start on my own and start my own business, kind of, I'd say. <laughs> now, I had graduated from the course and I had already got a client and they were a really large client that sell um, orthodontic braces, clear orthodontic braces. And um, and they were a huge client. And, and I'd literally just graduated and I needed to go and make a presentation abroad. I had to go to the Netherlands to do this. And I just remember thinking to myself on the plane, my goodness, a few months ago, I was a retail manager and I was I was still a retail manager. I hadn't given up my job by this point. I'd only gone part time. And now I'm on the plane to the Netherlands and I'm going to give a social media audit of of where I think the company needs to go digitally in the next six months. And I just remember thinking, how am I going to do this? (laughs) How how am I going to stand up in front of these people and, and, and speak with authority? But you know what? I did it and I spoke with authority and, um, that made a big change in me. I kind of started to believe in myself, I think, after that point. Um, so I worked with these guys for a while and I was working part-time in my job at this point as well. So I was making quite a bit of money and I was feeling extremely pulled. And this is where I'm going to get to my one thing now because it was it was the brave step i took to to say okay i'm going to leave my job now there's there was one point where i just thought and now is the time that i need to break free of my job even though it's a paycheck every month i have all the securities that come with that and i need to throw myself full time into my business and I remember it so clearly. I was I was doing the school run and I was walking through like a little pathway. There was like a little pathway that was almost like a back alley that would go through to the school. And I remember that feeling of just if I don't do this now, 
I'm never going to do it. And I did. I resigned. (laughs) I resigned from my job. And I remember a, a kind of a feeling of, of excitement, panic, um, but a resigned feeling that, yes, this was happening now and this was what I was going to do. I was going to become an entrepreneur. I had no idea how to be an entrepreneur, but that was what I was going to do. And I was going to give up the paycheck and do that. Um, So, yeah, that was my one thing. I I don't know whether um, any of you guys have had similar things to this. I'm sure you have. um, When I was speaking to my guests, it's either been a big, like, light bulb moment like when it's just gone ping and you're just like, right, I just have to do this now. Or it's kind of been like a gradual process. But there is always that that time in your life where you're just like, sod it. It's now or never. I need to just do this now. Um, and if you're in that situation now, all I can say to you is... Just take a deep breath, breathe through it. Um, You're going to have all the nerves, but you can almost trick your brain, I think, to, um, to say, no, these aren't nerves. These aren't nervous feelings. These are exciting feelings that I'm feeling right now. And you're going to be okay you're held, you're safe, and you can bloody do it, right? Okay, so next one thing. I have another one. (laughs) And it was um, moving from London to Bristol. Now, Both my husband and I are born and bred Londoners. Um, My husband had certainly only lived in London his entire life. And um, one evening, it was New Year's Eve. For some reason, things always happen on New Year's Eve for us. Um, We got together on New Year's Eve. Um, Just big things happen on New Year's Eve. And we were sat there one night. We'd had our wine and whatever. We'd watched Jules Holland and we were in the kitchen and our kitchen in our flat overlooked the communal bins now the communal bins were pretty much always overspilling and always full um and so in the morning the first thing you would see would be overspilling bins and it's not it's not a good state to be in, right? To see that that kind of thing every morning is is just not it's not raising your vibe, should I say? <laughs> so we kind of had like this kind of mad 
mad kind of half hour where we were like, well, should we just move? Well, where should we move to? And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I've spent a lot of my time in Bristol. I have, I have a maternal grandmother at the time who lived in Portishead and I had spent many summers, many Easter's, um, pretty much whole of the summer holidays, actually, sometimes in Portishead. And I had a lot of fond memories about Bristol. I'd come up when I was at uni and I'd stay with my nan and granddad and go into Bristol and just kind of wander around the shops and and see Clifton and all those different areas. And I had a lot of fond memories. And I said to Nigel, well, what about Bristol? And he was like, well, yeah, what about Bristol? Um, and me normally as a person, I'm not massively good with change. I, I, I will really, really hold on to the old stuff if I can. And, and my daughter has definitely taken that trait as well. Um, but for some reason that evening, I, I was literally, I had another, well, why not moment? And and when my husband has decided that we're going to do something, we generally do it. This is this will always happen. So that's what we did. It took a year and we packed up all our stuff and we moved to Bristol. And it was definitely one of our better moves. <laughs> we're incredibly happy here now. We have a garden. We have a little doggy. Um, I work from home. I get to pick the girls up from school. I get to drop them at school. I generally do most of my work during the time that they are at school. In the school holidays is a whole different ball game. Um, and I will come on to some of the tips and tricks that I do with that. I've probably spoken to some of my ladies about this. And if you are a fan of the podcast, you will know that I'm an early riser. So that's probably my my first tip of working with kids in the house. Get up as early as you can and get the majority of the heavy lifting, say, done before they wake up. Then you know you've got that peace of mind when you're getting breakfast and you want to talk to them and get them set up for their day or whatever they're doing. You've got that peace of mind that you have got the majority of your stuff done. Then what I tend to do is if we've been out in the daytime and we're all busy um, and then in the kind of late-ish afternoon when everyone's kind of chilling or they want to watch a program on the TV maybe, or go and chill in their rooms and read because they're they're tired and they want to chill, that's when I can finish off anything that really, really needs to get done. And I kind of work quite well that way. Um, obviously, you can do like um, holiday clubs and that kind of stuff too, but um, it works okay for me. Um, so that's my top tip for having kids in the house, um, especially when we've been homeschooling, um, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, the, the thing I had to do with that was just really 
um, keep my client work to a minimum actually and I dropped quite a few clients and and had everybody um, pretty much running like clockwork um, and I just have to be really really organized yeah Okay, so we're going to now talk about how I pivoted from social media management to ads management. And um, it was kind of a natural progression, actually. I had um, a good few clients doing social media for them. And I was doing strategies. And I was doing kind of day-to-day social media management for their businesses and it was starting to become clear to me that that all of the scheduling and the engagement and and all the different stuff that I was doing day to day for them was actually a crap load of work and I was I was finding it hard to fit it all in and have my kids around and make sure that my husband was okay. Um, I was always on my phone, right? And yeah, it kind of became clear to me that I needed to find a way that I could work in social media and work with these brands, but not spend loads and loads of time on my phone. And so I had to retrain again, didn't I? Um, And that was about a year and a half ago now. I retrained again. Um, Obviously, it wasn't quite a retrain. It was more like bringing in more more that I could actually um, help people with. So I trained in ads management, Facebook and Instagram ads management. Um, And that was another course that I did. Um, I kind of resisted it for years. I don't know why. I think it was it was the whole Facebook thing. I wasn't massively into it. And I didn't really enjoy Facebook massively. And I thought I would be spending a lot of my time on Facebook. And I also thought that it was going to be quite data-led. And I'm, I'm not massively data-led. Um, I... I'm not really um, clued up on all that kind of stuff. And yes, it is data-led. But the funny thing is, is when I actually looked into it and when I actually started to work in it in my day-to-day life, I actually found that the data and the reporting and, and being able to really go down deep into who who the customer or the client or the lead was, was actually really interesting. And I really honestly didn't think I would find it interesting, but it is. It is from almost a psychological perspective because you can really, really see who 
is interested in your product or your service or um, anything that has been shown as an ad. Um, so now I have four wonderful businesses that I work with, all are female founding businesses and some are e-com, some are service-based and I think I have got to that point now where where I'm feeling quite content with it all but I know that a one thing is around the corner and I'm gonna have to gonna have to push myself a bit more and push myself out of my comfort zone a bit more um it's almost like okay Vanessa you're comfortable now um when's it coming I'm waiting for it to come I'm waiting for it to happen right um yeah I'm now gonna have some tips for you about starting as an entrepreneur um starting as a marketer as well and um starting your ads so yeah let's get into it okay so now i'm going to talk about the four things that every marketer should know before you go on social media um and this is this is kind of the steps that I take with myself and all my clients. Um, and it's part of the strategy that I have with them before we even start working. Um, I can I also do strategy for businesses where they want to go off and do their own social media. And we tend to follow this method. So the first one is know your why. Now, um, Simon Sinek uh, is an author and he wrote a book called Find Your Why, A Practical Guide to Finding the Purpose for You and Your Team. And that was a pinnacle book for me, I think. Um, it kind of made me realise that if you don't have a why in everything that you do then then you're kind of drifting a little bit um and if you do have your why or your purpose you'll be more capable of kind of pursuing the things that you want to give you fulfillment and you can really achieve your goals um so yes know your why um and I think as well, if if you know your why and and you, you kind of see yourself veering off the path slightly, um, you can kind of bring yourself back into alignment and think, okay, this hasn't got anything to do with my why and why and my purpose and why I want to do this. So I can see now that this is wrong and that I need to go back to my why and I need to think about that again and then um, I'm going to start to progress and I'm going to start to achieve my goals um, 
So yes, know your why. Next one, and this is almost as important. I think it's probably as important. Know your customer before you market to them, before you speak to them, you've got to know what they want to know, who they are, what their problems are, what really pisses them off, um, and how you can help them with that. So, for instance, when um, I was talking to my facialist client, she kind of got to the conclusion that that her her customer is women who are pissed off with their skin. They're really fed up with their skin in the state that it's in now and they want it to be the best it can be. Now, if you've got that in in your mind all the time, in all your social media and all your ads, and you're constantly putting that on onto them and you're saying, I know you're pissed off with your skin. I know you're sick of having a skin that that you don't want anymore. It's spotty, it's it's greasy, it's dry, it's you know, it's all the things that you don't want it to be. And what you want it to be is this, 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 and this. And once you address those problems and you speak to them and you say, I understand, I can help you, then you're immediately going to get a heck of a lot more response than just blasting out what you think they need, what you think they need. Um, So yeah, I'm going to come on to this because this kind of leads on really, really well. And if there's one thing I have to tell every entrepreneur out there before I start working with them, it's not about you. It has nothing to do with you and what you want. And as long as you know that, and as long as you're aware of that, and you and you make sure that when you are selling your product or selling your service, that you've listened to your customers' needs, and you've asked them what they want, then then you're going to make the sales. Then you're going to get the engagement on your Instagram post. Then you're going to um, get like all the leads on your ads because you're coming from a place of, oh, this has nothing to do with me. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you. Um, and I think a lot of um, service-based people and even e-coms, they, they have it in their mind that that they have an idea what their customer wants. But really, it's not the customer's idea, it's their idea. And they have to put their ego aside. And that's one of the toughest things, to put that ego aside and go, you know what, it's not about me. It's about you and how I can help you. So yes, it's not about you. (laughs) And then the last one is strategy. If you don't work from a strategy, 
and this strategy can change it, it it's it's a flexible strategy but if you don't work from a strategy and you're literally just firing out posts and firing out ads willy-nilly um if you're not working from a strategy and looking from and and actually looking at the data and seeing what people are actually responding to um then you're really going to be talking to an empty wall and you're really going to be saying oh i'm not getting any traction on these ads or i'm not getting any engagement on my on my insta posts or or my facebook group is 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 just not is not working no one is responding but it's because you don't know your why you don't know your customer and you don't have a strategy that goes with this and you don't realize that it's not about you it's about who you're serving so yeah i i always go through all those steps and if you have all those in place and you keep them in place even though your strategy i would say a 6 month strategy is probably fair enough sometimes even a three-month strategy is even better and then you can switch it up a little bit um but yes those those four things will keep you on the straight and narrow let you achieve your goals and thrive as a business Hello, back again. Also, I must do this because um, I must. <laughs> if you would like to work with me, not coming on as a podcast guest, but you would like to use my services. So you would like uh, an ad strategy. You would like me to run your ads for you. You would like me to do a power hour on something that you're stuck with. You would like me to um, do a power hour on podcast basics because you want to start your own podcast. I offer a multitude of services on my website, um, thesocialally.co.uk. You can come and find me on Instagram. I'm on there where I talk about um, all kinds of stuff, not just the podcast, but I also talking about my ads knowledge and the little snippets um, of information that I know. There's some blogs on there that you might find really, really useful. Um, I've got something on there about how to use Instagram shops, for instance. So if you are a small business and you don't have a shop yet, um, Yes, I've got a blog on there about that. And I can actually do a masterclass on Instagram shops and I can um, help you and maybe some other businesses maybe that you know um, that would like some help on Instagram shops. I have a masterclass for that. And um, I do strategies. Uh, Yeah, I'm blabbing anyway.
go onto my website. It's all there for you. Um, I do bespoke prices usually, but power hours started at around £120. And um, yes, go on there. I would love to meet some of you and work with some of you as well. That would be incredible. So yes, that's my plug. You can consider this an ad. So you know what, I think we could blabber on for ages, but we should come to the end. Um, And as it's the end of the series, I just want to thank everybody that has emailed me, that has DM'd me on Instagram, that has dropped me messages, that has um, said that I should do this solo recording. Thank you, Mackie. Uh, Thank you, everybody that has listened. Um, It means the world to me. We are coming back for season four. I have some ladies waiting in the wings. I'm going to be doing some recording over the summer, kind of little bits and pieces. And then I'm going to be back in the autumn, full throttle, all the interviews. Um, And in the meantime, you should definitely have a listen back to some of the wonderful interviews that I've given over the last year and a half. Um, People like Dr. Nima with her money mindset um, stuff and Shannon Reed and her um, creative stuff for wellness. And it isn't just business. Like I've spoken to bloggers. Um, I spoke with Jess, a brunette edit about how, how she um, left her first husband and then went online dating um, and about her blogging life. Um, I have spoken with so many women that have so much wisdom. You will honestly find an episode for you if not three episodes for you um I spoke with a wonderful couple from Wales Kelly and Zoe um Zoe is going through a transition at the moment um and so many inspiring heartwarming stories from so many women I have been honoured to amplify their voices and to listen to their to their stories and I'm super super excited to listen to some more so I really really hope you're going to join me in the autumn um and if you'd like to be part of the one thing and you'd like me to interview you my doors are open (laughs) um I have a few people already lined up but yes, my doors are open. You can email me at vanessa at thesocialally.co.uk or you can drop me a DM on Instagram. Um, I'm always around there now. I'm back there full throttle um, and I will be over the summer. So you can um, come and find me there. I would love to hear some more business stories and some more one things. I really, really hope you found my ramble interesting <laughs> and my and my story interesting. Um, 
I know I'm not alone in having to pivot during the pandemic, having to pivot when I became a mother, having to pivot when I moved from London to Bristol. And if there's one thing that I that I can tell you is that if you're feeling the fear, just bloody do it. Just do it. And you won't regret it. There's always your gut will be telling you to do it. Listen to your gut. And if your gut tells you something that you shouldn't do, it's usually the right thing. In fact, it's pretty much always the right thing. And I found that whenever I haven't gone with my gut, that's when the shit's hit the fan. And that's when things have gone wrong um, with my business, with my life, with everything. So go with your gut, ladies. Um, I love you all. And I'll see you in the autumn for another one thing. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.